Okay, so welcome back to the Five Tool Podcast. I'm George Klein, and this week I talked to my friend Zahin Das about the current NFL playoff picture. We're heading right into that point of the season when things get very chaotic. There's a bunch of teams that are hovering, trying to make the playoffs, don't know if they will, don't know if they won't. So, whole lot to talk about. Hope you enjoy, and thanks. Okay, so... I am here with Zahin Das. He hasn't come on in a couple of weeks, so it's nice to have him back. And man, just so much happened in the NFL this weekend. It's hard to even wrap your head around it. But first off, Zahin, welcome back. Thanks, George. Always fun to be here. Always a pleasure. Yeah. So both of our favorite teams, I'm a Jets fan, you're a Falcons fan. If you've listened to the podcast, you probably know that already and are pretty sick and tired of it. But both of our teams are just are terrible this year. So let's start with something that will make both of us pretty happy. And it was just one of the wildest things I've ever seen. That Patriots-Dolphins game. I mean, indescribable, really. I was watching that live, and it was the kind of thing where, I mean, if, if you're a football fan, then you've seen, like, hundreds of those games where it's like, all right, they're at the 30-yard line. They'll try to lateral it like five times and they'll get a tackle because it goes to some like offensive lineman. They can't do anything. But they just went with the, with the hook and ladder and it worked. So I guess just what was your first reaction to that play? Yeah, I mean, absolutely incredible. I actually wasn't watching it live. I actually distinctly – I saw the update that Pats had scored and Dolphins had maybe 16, 15 seconds to come back. And I didn't. I chose not to watch it, like a fool. <laughs> well, I thought the Pats uh, had it in the bag, and even even the announcer did. When I was watching the highlight, he he just said like, "Oh yeah, this throw and it'll be over." And I mean, that's incredible, man. Like that's that's one of the most miraculous plays I've ever seen in football. Uh, it's always great because you're always like part of you is rooting for it to happen. You always want to see it, and you never really do. And it was just it just happened. And something about Miami is where the Pats just can't win, you know? It's, it's, it's cursed almost. And I'm in New England. A lot of the talk around here is about why Gronk was on the field for that final play. They have him in as like a safety rover kind of deal, but the Dolphins are at like the 30-yard line, so there's no way they can do a Hail Mary. And Belichick said in like his press conference, like, oh, yeah, he was there for like the deep throw. And it just – it doesn't really make much sense. So – I don't know. For like the smartest coach in the game, that's a pretty glaring error. And it's been a while since we've had one of these. I think the last time that I can compare it to is when he went for it on fourth and two and drew a lot of criticism. But that was like a long, long time ago. It's a pretty shocking way to go down. I don't think it's going to have much of an impact on the rest of the year. I think it was just kind of like a random fluke play. It will have an impact for the Dolphins just in that maybe they can snag that sixth seed in the playoffs now. But in terms of shaking New England or like, affecting their momentum moving forward. I firmly expect them to move ahead and to defeat the Steelers um, next week and to kind of go through the rest of the motions of the season with, without kind of fail. I think it does, it does serve as a reminder that they need to show up, and I don't think that this is as good a Patriots team as we've seen in years past. I think that that's a pretty obvious statement, or maybe not obvious, but a pretty clear statement. And – do I expect them to win the Super Bowl? No, not necessarily. But I, again, in the AFC, if you're looking like past the Chiefs or even at the Chiefs, I think the Patriots are, are right there as always. Yeah, I mean, I think the only effect it has is that, to me, it, it ended the chances of the Pats getting a one seed. You know, obviously, it's still, there's still a few games left, but I don't think they're going to come back from that two-game no 
deficit now. Uh, whereas I do think they did have a chance back just one game. Uh, and even with the Chargers right there, I think they did, did have a chance. But, uh, you know, it's yeah, it's like you said, it's, it's ultimately not really, really going to hurt the Patriots. The interesting thing will be, though, is if they don't get a first-round bye and end up having to play one of these better teams away, which is what looks like what's going to happen, I think that changes the equation quite a bit. So uh, it might be interesting to see, uh, to see if the, if the Pats have some more trouble in the playoffs than we've seen in, in, in most years because of uh, some of the, these regular season slips. And, I mean, the Chiefs themselves had a pretty in- interesting game too. That, I will say that the Ravens are a lot better than I've been giving them credit for like throughout the year, I think. I've kind of – I don't want to say like look down because I'm a Jets fan. I can't really look down on anyone. But I haven't really given them like – a great deal of, I don't know, admiration just because I kind of look at their offense. I'm like, all right, they're going to run the ball with Lamar Jackson a lot. Kind of who's on that offense. Are we going to look at like Michael Crabtree, Alex Collins, just looking for like the first few weeks of the season. That was kind of my opinion, but I will say that they really do make just the game tough for, for other teams. And that still can have an impact even in this new NFL that we've been talking so much about. I don't know how Terrell Suggs is like still, still does this, but he can really enforce his will uh, on a game. And it kind of came down the Chiefs had to get Mahomes to make a couple of miraculous plays to just bail them out. Uh, I mean, it's been circulating just around the internet all day. The, that pass where he was like looking the, the other way and then just shot it across the field, like with no motion. And then that ridiculous fourth down play where he's just on the run and he just chucks it back over and somehow gets that completion to Hill. I don't know. I think the Chiefs uh, really got – I don't want to say lucky because it is Mahomes, but the Ravens are good. They are like a, an actually good team, and I think that's the first time that I've said that all year. So what were your thoughts kind of on, on the Chiefs and the Ravens and like where we're at with them right now? Yeah, you know, I was in the same boat as you. I, I didn't give the Ravens much credit all season. And I, I'm still a bit reluctant to. I still don't think they're a great football team. And it's just been kind of a weird and ugly formula they've been using recently. You know, they barely even throw the ball anymore yeah. as soon as Lamar Jackson got in there. Uh, but, you know, it's been effective. It's been effective. They've, they're tough to beat in Baltimore, right? We've seen that this season. And uh, they've kind of taken advantage of the AFC North not being as lopsided as we thought it might be. It kind of seemed, especially before the Le'Veon Bell fiasco, that the Steelers would run away with it. Um, but at the same time, you know, when we look at the individual game, Chiefs versus Ravens, I think it is that time of the season where a lot of the energy for some of those better teams is waning. And, you know, they start just thinking about the playoffs and they're not as focused on every individual game. I think we saw that with the Rams most poignantly uh, this weekend. So I, it's not that I write off a lot of these games. And I think the game was, was close just as a result of the phenomenon I was just talking about, where it's, it's late season and you don't get as amped up for a, uh, just a regular game against an opponent like that. You had mentioned the, the whole AFC North and it not – necessarily looking as close or as not unclose. I don't even know the word I'm trying to use, like not, not close. If that makes any sense, it's a surprise that it's looking as tight as it is. And the Steelers struggles. There we go. I finally got there. And the Steelers struggles are like a big part of that. And just a really kind of dumbfounding game where they lose to the Raiders by three. And it's kind of hard again to just wrap your head around that. Obviously James Connors out. Uh, so the running game really didn't look 
very good at all, but you still expect Roethlisberger and the rest of that offense to kind of get the job done. And Roethlisberger had another one of those games where he gets a hard hit. He has to leave. He comes back. Everyone's like, wow, Roethlisberger always does this. He's such a trooper. And then you sort of think, all right, the Steelers, this is just like a classic ugly Steelers win. But man, I was concerned about the Steelers at the beginning of the year. We talked about it on this podcast something like three consecutive weeks. Um, and then, again, then it seemed like they righted the ship. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking – you can't feel very comfortable if, if you're that. I think at the end of the day, that talent still wins out, though that was also my take with the Vikings, which seems less and less true. But I still have faith that the Steelers can take this division, just wrap it up, just take care of what they need to take care of. But you honestly can't look at them as a Steelers – as an addition of the Steelers that can really make any threat in the playoffs. I mean, if we've talked about other Steelers teams that have come up short in the conference championship or in the divisional round, I mean, I really don't have much confidence that they can even move on past the wild card round. How are you feeling about the Steelers? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting. I think that a lot of people jumped off the bandwagon as soon as, as Bell was announced out. And even when Connor started playing well, if not, you know, better maybe than Bell would have. Uh, people were still reluctant because it just doesn't have the same ring to it when you don't have the the Bell, Big Ben, Brown, you know, three-headed monster up there on offense. But uh, the thing about the Steelers is that I think they just really use their talent really, really well. You know, say what you want about Mike Tomlin, but there are a lot of teams with big names, you know, similar to Antonio Brown or Big Ben that just can't get it together when they lose a piece. Uh, the Falcons are one of them, right? They have Julio Jones who's like, one, you know, in my opinion, the greatest receiver of all time. <laughs> okay, okay. You get him a touchdown until week nine or whatever, you know. But the Steelers consistently use Brown effectively, often. You know, he's always putting up big numbers, and they've complimented him really well with Juju Smith-Schuster, who actually has more receiving yards, I think, this season, which is interesting. Um, and they've just, you know, they've been able to use their talent well and, like you say, get those ugly Steeler wins a lot of the time and grind them out. And their offense has just been so consistent, you know. They, a lot of times they're getting scored on by by even not so great teams, but they're just able to put up big numbers every time. And yeah, I I agree that they're definitely not making it. You know, they're definitely not a Super Bowl team like I thought preseason. I just don't think they have that firepower anymore. But I, you know, I, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't put them as a first round loss in the playoffs like you would. I, I have a little bit more confidence in them than that. They're just tough to beat. I've always just been high on the Chargers. I was high on them in the preseason, and I'm high on them now. So if I'm looking at that possible 4-5 matchup, I got to lean towards towards my Chargers. So I'm definitely a bit biased, I'll, I'll say, just because like, I'm a big fan of what the Chargers have been able to do in, in the pieces they have. And like there were my gut preseason picks, so I'm feeling good about them. But all of these AFC, or just a lot of these AFC teams that we would consider, I guess, contenders or at least pseudo contenders lost one more is the Houston Texans and yeah they had a long winning streak ah they're like a classic I don't know they're like to do a cross-sport comparison they feel kind of like the Clippers and the Chris Paul Blake Griffin Lob Lob City era where they were good yeah but no one really believed in them no one really looked at them as a team that could win the championship and the Texans I mean at the end of the day they're the Texans they'll probably go like 11 and 5 and not a whole lot of like ridiculously impressive wins for me. I feel as if once they play more stellar competition, then they're not going to last long. Um, 
the Colts just meanwhile are super, super inconsistent, just a classic 500 team battling for that sixth seed in the playoffs. So what do you think about the Texans or the Colts? And I don't know, they're just two teams. It's been a super weird division just because of the way that the Jaguars collapsed. That really opened up a couple of, a couple of areas for these two teams, but I just can't help but feel like if we're trying to compare, neither of these teams can pull off what like the Jaguars did last year. Yeah. You know, the, the Jaguars, I mean, it's a separate story, but they've been biggest disappointment to me of the season so far. Maybe them and the Falcons, probably the two biggest <laughs> disappointments by far, but the Texans, I think I'm a little higher on them than you are. I think for the past few years, at least um, the Texans, you know, they famously always lose the first playoff game. Right. And, and that's kind of because they're always just a step behind the rest of the AFC playoff teams. Like they're good enough to to get that playoff spot, but they just never really. They just they're laborious. They don't really have a spark to them, and they just they can't make it in the playoffs. And to me, a lot of that has just come from no you know impressive quarterback. Uh, and that's I think that's what's different this year. I think Deshaun Watson now has has grown into himself a little bit. You know he's he's gone through some rough patches, which is good for his development. I think. And he has a weapon like DeAndre Hopkins. And Lamar Miller suddenly is, you know, being impressive every now and then. Um, I don't know. I just – I think that they have a spark that they didn't have before. And I think they're really dangerous to play. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to forget how tough it is to win nine games in a row in the NFL. I mean, that's, that's really tough. And, yeah, they had, you know, some, some cupcakes on there like the Bills. But a, a lot of those teams were tough and, and away matches too in and, and tough venues. You know, they went to Denver and won – they uh, went to Washington. They beat the Titans. They beat the Cowboys at home. So I think they're a much, much different team than in previous years. And it's not going to be the same team that just loses to the Patriots by like 20 points in the playoffs. So looking at this AFC playoff picture, it's that time of the year. It's the classic, like, trying to figure out which team can snag that last spot in the playoffs. We've got the Ravens, as of now, are in sixth. And But, the, I mean, so many teams are in it. There's a bunch of teams at 7-6, and six, the Ravens, the Colts, the Dolphins, the Titans. Then you've got the Broncos at 6-7 and seven with, I get it, with, I guess, an outside shot. I mean, I'd love it for, if the Cleveland Browns at 5-7-1 and one could, like, randomly pull off some miracle, but I'm not holding my breath. When I'm looking at all these teams that are in it, I last did this with Arthur a couple weeks ago, and we both seemed pretty set on the Colts because my argument then was, looking at the way that the NFL is played right now and how spaced out and I guess pass heavy it is, you need that quarterback who can drive the ball up and down the field and put a lot of points up on the board. So I felt the most confident about Andrew Luck in that spot. Then a weird game for them against the Jaguars, hard to kind of describe what, or hard to explain what, what happened. They came back this week, but I'm a lot less set on them. I'm starting to lean a little more towards the Ravens, actually, which I guess shows that I'm not holding as steady to my arguments as I should, perhaps. But <laughs> the Ravens do have kind of a funky style, and I think a funky style can work and can get you to 9-7. and seven. And they just, it's, they just grind you down. They make it tough. It's late in the season, so everyone's a little bit banged up. They're tired. They don't want to deal with one of those 12-10 to 10 type games where it's just hard to get yardage. And the Ravens just kind of muck it up and maybe the Colts can, can score more points. But I know right now that no one wants to play the Ravens and they're one of like the last teams that you would want to face, especially this time of year. So I'm feeling better about them. So 
I guess like if I had to make a pick right now, it would be the Ravens. What about you? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I think the only team I can pretty confidently discount, and maybe I'll look stupid later, but uh, is the Dolphins. I just I haven't been a believer all season. Yeah, they had that miraculous play, and sometimes that can galvanize a locker room, but I just don't think they're legit. And you know, maybe I'm a hater, but I just don't see it. Uh, I think of better talent, better teams, and it's just more difficult to play against. Um, I think that maybe we haven't talked enough about the Titans. Uh, I don't know if you're giving them enough credit there. I, I think that they're very difficult to play against. You know, uh, I think their defense is, is very strong. Probably between the Ravens, Colts, and, t- and Titans, I'd probably take the Titans defense out of all those three. Oh, yeah. Um, so but it, it's, it's just, you know, I guess it just comes down to a little bit to do with schedule, right? So I don't know that the Ravens uh, have a favorable schedule here because they, they still have to play the Chargers and the Browns. And maybe the Browns will have nothing to play for on the last day, but the Chargers certainly will. Uh, and that's not a game I think that they, that they can win uh, in L.A. Uh, whereas when you look on the Titans side, as I pull it up They've quick, got the Giants, Redskins, Colts. Right? And Giants, yeah, they kind of had a weirdly impressive game and Saquon got 200 yards or whatever. But that should be a game that the Titans win, right? It's a slip-up if they don't. Same with the Redskins. Redskins, all they had going for them all year was a stingy run defense, and that's kind of collapsed in the past four weeks. So, And then Colts, you know, maybe the playoff spot's on the line in the final week, and it's in Tennessee. So I think the setup favors the Titans the most here out of any of those three teams, and that's why I would probably pick them. I think I just feel a little weird about the Titans. They, I just, they seem very inconsistent. One week they're dismantling New England. The, the other week they're just getting slapped around by the Colts. And then you've got last week where Henry looks like the best running back in the entire game, if not in the history you know, of the he was NFL. fast. I, I, didn't, I thought he was one of the slowest backs in the league. I didn't know he could hit that kind of speed. I mean, just all the stiff arms, man. Like that was that was such a ridiculous run. It was Marshawn Lynch esque. It was. And it was just strange looking. You, I was like, all right, yeah. and then it just kind of kept going, and it wasn't even. I don't know. It was just one of the weirdest runs I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I think I kind of lumped him in with that Eddie Lacy grouping, maybe before <laughs> yeah. Eddie Lacy really kind of went out of the league. All but, the Alabama running backs, like yeah, but we're just not fast enough. Can't hit those holes with like the speed that they need to, but they do have that just that power. I don't know. I feel the Titans, I had high hopes for them coming into the year and with a new head coach, I thought coming off of the McCoy experience that they'd be ready to go. Mariota, I just don't know how much is there at this point. Offensively, I don't really know if they can get the job done when it matters most. I'm going to still lean towards the Ravens, but again, I mean, so many teams are in this, a lot can happen and they all have to play each other pretty much coming down the stretch. But transitioning over to the NFC, the NFC is just as weird. Um, I mean, the Vikings and the Seahawks Monday night game. Let's just hit with that first. Uh, weird, weird game. I mean, I've been, I've been waiting for the Vikings to kind of right the ship and to just get their stuff back together and to kind of surge down the end of the season. But it's time to kind of look at this team and say, hey, maybe there's just not much here. Kirk Cousins, he expect, we expect him to be a big upgrade over Case Keenum, and he hasn't really been. And the Seahawks are just shockingly good. They came into this year saying we're going to have a heavy run offense. I think we all expected them not to be able to put many points up on the board. 
their offensive line was kind of known to be weak. So we expected Wilson to get sacked a bunch and runs to get stopped with like three, four yards. And their defense has just exploded. I mean, in this Monday night game, Russell Wilson threw for 70 yards and 72 yards and one interception. And they won 21 to seven. And the game wasn't close at all in the fourth quarter. They just, they were up three, nothing and just obliterated them from then on. So I'm expecting the Vikings to miss the playoffs at this point. And you have to, think the Seahawks again one of those teams that you just don't want to play so what are your thoughts on the game and like how and how these teams look right now yeah you know the Seahawks are are one of the strangest storylines of the NFL for me I thought they were going to be in one of those bottom tier teams you know with the likes of the 49ers and Cardinals in that division just also being really really step back seasons not step forward you know far cry from the Legion of Boom but uh yeah they've they've just found ways to win a lot of that credit should go to Russell Wilson, but it's just been remarkable. You know, I don't know how they've done it with Chris Carson in the backfield. I really don't get it. But he's been good, and the crazy thing is they've got themselves in this position, and they still have the 49ers and the Cardinals left on the schedule. Yep. They're in, they're in great position. It would, it would be shocking if they didn't make the playoffs at this point. Um, and that's, that's been where I really don't have a lot of explanations for why the Seahawks are this good. The Vikings, on the other hand, incredibly disappointing. Uh, definitely seem like one of the best teams in the league uh, going into this. And they've had, you know, it's been a weird season for them. Not a lot of consistency. They never really found a groove. They've had some good wins, but some bad losses, some close losses as well. And now they're in a really tough position because Dolphins, Lions, Bears is a really difficult home stretch. I still think they have a very good chance of making the playoffs. I'd say like over 50% in my books. I just think that they have so much talent and, they're going to be playing with their backs against the wall. And I just don't have confidence in the Panthers or the Eagles to uh, have better finish than them. But they're definitely in a terrible position. Tonight was a huge, huge blow, especially when you're playing a team that you're, you know, locked in with in that battle for the playoff race. So it's, it's, it's disappointing. And they're definitely not going to be the, you know, maybe Super Bowl hopeful that we thought they might be this year. But I do think they still have a very good shot of making the playoffs. Yeah, let's kind of get into this whole playoff picture. We've got the Vikings in six right now, six, six, and one. Then there's a bunch of teams at six and seven, Carolina, Philadelphia, Washington. And then, again, technically, I guess you could say like Green Bay is hovering at five, seven, and one. I, it, this just really comes down to which team doesn't lose it because a bunch of these teams are just contenders that have fallen off the map and just really struggled. Let's just kind of work our way through them. So we've got the Panthers, and everything seemed right with them early in the year. They were just doing their normal Carolina thing, winning games, getting done what they need to do. McCaffrey's really taken off this year. He's been terrific. And now they just keep losing. They lost to Cleveland last weekend, and they just blew the game in the fourth quarter. I don't really have much of an explanation because I look at the roster and the talent just seems to be there. I guess they just can't win – any away games, maybe they feed off their home crowd's energy and they need that in the fourth quarter. But whatever it is, something's wrong here. Um, so I guess, yeah, what do you think about the Panthers? Can they right the ship? Is it just a matter of flukes? Or, like, what's what could be happening here? I mean, it's just – it's it's really tough to envision a team going on a five-game losing streak late in the season. And then with the with playing the Saints twice in the last three games – to uh to be in the playoffs and they and their losses have just been messy you know like the obviously the one that really shook up the squad and kind of 
began the skid was the Steelers when the Steelers put up 52 on them. I mean, that was ridiculous and just a bizarre game. It was a Thursday night one, I think. Uh, and then, you know, you have – you get a little unlucky. You, you lose a tight one to the Lions and a pretty close one with the Seahawks too. But I don't know. I just think that they're in a terrible, terrible – you know, you're supposed to get hot before the playoffs and they're going the exact wrong direction. And, yeah, McCaffrey's been great. You know, he's, he's a special talent and they've used him really well, you know, as a receiving back. But I just don't think that they can recover from that. I don't think they'd have the morale right now. I don't think that they have a cohesion or a good game plan to, to turn this around, considering they have to play the Saints twice and beat all these other teams that we were just talking about. I don't think it's happening. There's, there has been some talk about Newton's arm and whether that's hurt. He doesn't seem to be, having as much, to be getting as much juice on his throws. And when they needed a Hail Mary, they took him out to put the backup quarterback in. But... I mean, his performance hasn't been that bad. It's been pretty standard for a Cam Newton-type year. So I don't necessarily know if you can pin it on that. Maybe it's a fluke. Maybe just organizationally and coaching-wise, they need to look at what they're doing in the fourth quarter and their game plan and try to figure this thing out. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. There's no way that you can lose five straight games, including games to the Lions and Tampa Bay and Cleveland and then come in and expect to beat the Saints twice, which is what you kind of really need to do. The Eagles, I'm disappointed in the Eagles. Again, the Cowboys are good now, apparently. We can get into them, too, um, which is another big surprise. But touching on the Eagles first, their running game hasn't taken off all all year long. Wentz hasn't looked quite 100% the entire year. Again, just looking at his stats from last week's game against the Cowboys, 222 eight yards throwing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. That that seems fine at first glance, but there was never a kind of a moment when it seemed like he had taken over in the way we were, we were accustomed to last year. So he's working his way back. The receiving game hasn't been great. Okay, hey, real quick though, real quick. Yeah, Just real quick. Some of the more loyal listeners on this podcast, you know, they might remember a great debate uh, from one of our early episodes this year. Uh, <laughs> first Goff. In which, I, yep, that's right. And I was the dissenting opinion. I said Jared Goff over Carson Wentz confidently. Now, whatever, 12 games into this season, would you like to, uh, re- or 13, would you like to reassess your... Uh, I don't know. This is a rough week to be coming at me with this since Wentz threw four picks and looked awful against Chicago. <laughs> I mean, golf was actually pretty trash this week, too, to be <laughs> fair. Yeah. But the other games, I mean, come on. You can't, you can't look me, you can't, I mean, <laughs> not looking at each other in the eye right now. I but can't you, look at you mentally, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and say that you would still take Wentz after this season? I don't know. Yeah, after this, I don't think he was 100%. I'm sticking with the pick. Again, this is something that we're, we'll have to revisit five years from now. But, again, I will say, like, Wentz hasn't looked spectacular this year. He hasn't looked like the same guy. The Eagles have struggled to score at points of the year. And I think this might be a classic Super Bowl hangover team. We know that they partied really hard. We know that they may not have come in with the same amount of fire. They just haven't taken off in the same way. It seems like just from an outsider perspective, it doesn't seem like the same passions there. Now, as for the Cowboys, totally different situation. They look jazzed up. They look ready to go. The Amari Cooper trade looks like the shocking, like, correct trade of the year. The Cowboys got trashed for trading a first-round pick for Amari Cooper, but you can't argue with the results at all this year. He looks like he's back to being, you know, on the path that we expected him to be as one of the future best wide receivers in the league. 217 yards, three touchdowns the game-winning kind of quick hand off a deflected ball snag. Ezekiel Elliott and uh, Prescott's looked 
better. Uh, I've I've never been wowed by Dak Prescott, but he looks better, and the, the defense has been doing what it needs to do. I don't know, man. The Cowboys and the Seahawks, I don't know what to make of them, but I think it's safe to say that they're good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the Cowboys, I, I feel more confident in calling a good team than the Seahawks because, one, because they have more of those talented players, which you – you kind of think of on a good team, right? They have the famous offensive line, obviously. Uh, I believe in Dak a little bit more than you do as being serviceable. Like, he doesn't need to take center stage and change a game because he can't really do that, I don't th- I don't think. But with with his tandem with the Zeke, you know, and his ability to be mobile, uh, I think he is effective. And, yeah, Amari Cooper was, you know, it was a good move. I think it was a great move. Another team to take advantage of Gruden's offloading in Oakland. Uh, and I, you know, I, I said, I said, Amari Cooper is such a talent and the fact that he was struggling so much in Oakland shows the problems that they had at Oakland. It doesn't show that he was struggling. I think it just shows that they had Derek Carr, who should be a good quarterback and Amari Cooper, who's is a great receiver and they weren't putting up numbers. I mean, that's just, something's going wrong. Uh, you know, he goes to Dallas and you know, Dak's not even a great thrower, right? He's, that's not even what he's known for. His arm is fine but he's not like slinging deep balls most of the time. And Cooper is just, he's tearing it apart. You know, he's the wide receiver one they needed. Like, I think they, I think everyone in that front office knew that they were not going to go to the playoffs with Cole Beasley as their number one. <laughs> and when it came time that they realized, okay, this division's opening up and we can really take it because the Eagles are slipping, I think it was the perfect decision to make. And, and kudos to them for that. All right. So now, again, looking at this overall playoff picture, for the sixth seed – I, you're, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I still think I have to lean towards the Vikings. You just have to think, I mean, they're, they are half a game up as of right now, and no one else seems poised to take it because it's just a bunch of struggling teams that you think should be better. I mean, Green Bay has no shot. The, the Redskins are pretty much done. They're just all the injuries, just rough luck. Their, their defense didn't show up against the Giants. Eagles can't put together – enough, you know, offense, uh, and they just haven't recaptured the same energy. The Panthers just keep losing, and they got to figure out their stuff. And I guess that leaves the Vikings. But, I mean, if we're looking at a Chicago Bears-Vikings matchup, I don't think af- – after seeing what the Bears were able to do with the Rams, and we can talk about that just for a second. I mean, af- after seeing what the Bears were able to do by dismantling the Rams for a night, I, I have no faith against the uh, Sixty, because that was a very, very impressive win. I again, you mentioned this with, with, with Prescott. I'm I'm not blown away by Mitch Trubisky at all. I don't think you know he's not going to live up to that number one pick, Billy. But he's all right, and he's good enough just to survive with this ridiculous defense between Mac and Smith, and just all those guys. It's it's absurd. Yeah, Chicago is t- is tough, man. You know, it's, yeah, like so the defense is formidable. I'm pretty I. I think Trubisky's pretty damn good. You know, he's he's had a couple of statistical masterpieces this year where he's just run the offense really well. And he you have to think about how few weapons he has, right? I mean, who are you gonna throw to? Taylor Gabriel? I mean, he's fast, but like I don't know. I mean <laughs> I feel like it for a young quarterback to have so few weapons is tough and I think he's doing a great job. He didn't have a great game uh, against LA, but that wasn't a very quarterback friendly game anyways. And yeah, Chicago is is really, really tough. You know, I'd be fascinated to see a Saints-Bears matchup. You know, it's tough to envision what that would look like, per se, but to see that offense go against that defense, you know, Breeze versus uh, Khalil Mack, 
I think that would be a great, great matchup to see in the playoffs. It would be a really exciting game. Um, Rams still the team to beat, though, in, in the NFC. But Chicago may be the one that no one wants to play because they have the best defense right now in the NFC. Yeah, we've seen both the Saints and the Rams stumble in recent weeks. And the Bears, again, classic team. You really don't want to face the Bears in a cold playoff game? No way. Um, so I guess just to wrap this up, quickly looking forward to some Week 15 games. Um, we can just do this quick and, I guess, just give our our first impressions of this game. We've got the Patriots at the Steelers. Um, I mentioned this earlier. I think that the Patriots are able to take care of what they need to do in this one. The Steelers are struggling. The Patriots are, are going to come in angry, and you never want to face an angry Tom Brady <laughs> and a New England team. I think that they're able to take this one. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, the, the one thing is it, it is in Pittsburgh, so I, don't, I think it'll be pretty close. I think it'll be kind of similar to the Miami game, maybe just with New England coming out on top. But I do think that they will have the edge. It's tough to beat for Belichick to lose twice in a row. So, And then for the primetime games, we've got Eagles at the Rams on Sunday night and the Saints at the Panthers on Monday night. I think we're both, we'll both easily pick the Rams and the Saints to win these games. But I guess to phrase the question in a different way, which of these teams do you think has a better shot at pulling off the upset? I'm going to lean towards Carolina just because I think that overall the talent, I believe in it more right now that's on Carolina. I think they have a more complete offense and they are at home, but I'm not exactly going to feel great about either of the Eagles or the Carolina's chances. Yeah, to me, it's also Carolina. Eagles have no chance, right? I mean, LA hasn't lost at home. They're going to be upset about the Bears game, and they're going to be high-octane offense clicking on all cylinders. It might be ugly for the first and second quarter, but they'll break away. Carolina, on the other hand, it's like we said, they've lost five games. Now they're kind of in, they're in full panic mode for sure. They have to win, essentially, and they are at home. And New Orleans, harder for them to get hyped up about this one, you know, other than it being a Monday night game, but... They've been in primetime already this season. I think Carolina has a chance. I still wouldn't put money on it, that's for sure, but definitely a better chance than the Eagles do. Yeah, so a lot to look forward to. NFL playoff pictures are as convoluted as always. So it's going to be a couple wacky 9-7 and seven teams, and it's just a matter of trying to figure out who those teams will be. But that will do it for us. So, Zahn, I appreciate you coming on. Always a fun time, George. Thanks for having me. And I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.